tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey everybody, welcome into another Penny Dreadful After Show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com and YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV. Hit subscribe, whether you're listening on iTunes or watching on YouTube. I know you probably have already, but if you are relatively new to AfterBuzz, we would love you to subscribe, follow us along with everything Penny Dreadful. We are talking and hell itself, my only foe today. I am Bobby DeMuro. Next to me, Marissa Serafini. Hello. And across the table from us, Sarah Stretton. Hello. And Roxy Stryer. Hi, everyone. Ladies, how are we doing? What do we think of this episode? I, I'm going to tell you right now, best Penny Dreadful episode I've seen season one and two combined. So, wow. just in general. Ooh, ever. High praise. High yes. praise. Um, it's up there for me, definitely. Um, I will give it my re- highest ranking for season two. I don't know if it's my highest ranking overall. I agree with that. It felt like a season one episode to me, which is mm-hmm. what I really loved about it um, in terms of the intensity. We really, really turned up a notch this week, and I am so excited to see where we're going with the finale. Yeah, and we should turn up because the finale is next week. In some ways, this could have been a finale this week. It would have left a lot of strings untied. But uh, to me, maybe it's just my initial reaction because we just watched it and I'm on the edge of my seat still. Mm-hmm. If this were the finale this week, I would have been like, I have a lot of questions, but okay. This would have been a completely fine finale. It would have been a painful, annoying finale. But I think part of that also comes from, I think we're going to see more wrapped up next week since we just found out that they got renewed. And so maybe they filmed this with the intention of not knowing they were going to get renewed. But they always knew for season two that they had a ten episode order. So and this was episode nine. So I think it was definitely intentional to have a two part finale type of ending to a season. No, I don't think that's what she's saying. She's saying that this they thought could have been the end of the entire series, so they really wanted to make it as strong as they possibly could. Uh, well, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to run this down in kind of a creative way. We think a little bit different today, not too much, but well, we're proud of it. We'll tell you in a minute. Uh, like I said, hit subscribe on YouTube and iTunes if you haven't already. And we at AfterBuzz bring you guys a ton of free content. We're happy to do it. We're proud to do it. We love doing it. Uh, <laughs> and we are happy to have your comments and views and all that good stuff because you guys are awesome at home, especially on this show, which brings me to a couple points. The first one is this. We are live streaming this right now on YouTube. we got a ton of people in the chat already. Sarah is on the laptop looking at everything. So if you have a comment, if you want to just say hi, if you want to talk about the show as we uh, make our way through it, Comment in the chat box on YouTube on the live stream. We're going to respond to those, read some of them. You know, you guys know how we do. Uh, and the <laughs> other one is, before we continue, I have a question for you guys at home and y'all. Uh, does driving matter to you? There are over 4 million miles of road in the U.S. to find out. And that is a lot of ground to cover. That's a lot of highways, freeways, wrong ways, and long ways. And they're all there waiting to be driven on. So, do you take the left turn at Albuquerque or do you just keep going? 
Do you wake up early Sunday morning for a drive before the traffic does, or do you take the long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out and drive. And why? Well, because driving matters. Mazda, and thank you very much to Mazda for doing that. Like I said, we give you guys a lot of free content, have a lot of amazing sponsorships and partnerships and things like that. So it's great to support the people who support us, if you guys are watching us here at AfterBuzz. We got a lot to talk about today, ladies. Yeah, we do. We do. We're going to break this down. So Sarah, we're going to give her a little credit for this little shout out, had the idea to do this as opposed to. Don't give me a weird look. This oh, is, this I, is know where, I don't know where you're going. No, with this that. is good. Usually, I still don't know where he's going. usually we break down by character or oh. topic. Today we're going to do the same thing, but the topics are locations. I think that's a great idea because the locations play a role here, and you can kind of progress through the episode with the location. So let's start in the first location. We see Roper. We're at the Cutwife's house, the old shack. What are you smiling about? I'm just a little surprised with you. Why is that? <laughs> usually you try to steal all the credit, but you actually gave credit where credit was due tonight. Only with Sarah, because she like, <laughs> I've got Roxy like wrapped around my little finger. I've got you, I'm okay with Oh, you Sarah. mean Marissa. Marissa's wrapped around the little finger. I'm not yes. wrapped around anybody's little finger. <laughs> my credit are all the references I read. Jeez, yes, my brain's that not applies working. applies to the show. <laughs> but, but yes, Roxy, I'm going to play nice today. Okay, we'll see how that works for you. <laughs> this could be a really long show. <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> location one, Roper. Uh, what do we make of the fight scene? Kicks ass, literally and figuratively. Great scene. Okay, first of all, cinematography, thematically wise, that was amazing because you noticed there was no music. It was all literally hard hitting sound effects. And literally going from those two fighting in such a dark place after what happened last episode, that, that says a lot. And even the episode before when Vanessa was killing. I mean, this was actually hard-hitting, hand-to-hand kind of throat, cutthroat killing. Right. This is interesting to me because it reminded me in the best way possible of almost like a comic book. It was like, pow, wham, whop. Like, well, I kept picturing all those noises because they were like tossing each other and Sarah's favorite part kicking and and everything they did I was just, like such a solid movement. It was, to me, it was a great fight scene. Um, especially in the beginning when they really unleashed Roper on hits on Vanessa. I thought when he slammed her head into the table. When he hits on as in says he's going to have sex with her? No, when he hits on. Oh, like hit, physically hits her. her. Oh. Hits her. Ooh. Slams her head on to the table, like, I thought it was done where the angle where she, you see that shot from almost, like, below. But then, I did almost find some comic relief in Rover's actual killing when it was, like, stab from Vanessa, kick from Ethan, stab from Vanessa, like, wow, a kick wham. from Ethan. That was a tag team kind of deal. Well, now For they sure. do commit homicides together. Yeah. yeah. That's something they have in common, right? They do each apart, now they do them together. And she said it, Vanessa said it when they buried him, were, were homicides together, you know? She even made light of it in a, in a dark way. Well, imagine if this had been her first kill this week. That I feel like that's why we had her last week. Imagine if this was the very first time she killed somebody. Ethan would feel partially responsible and whatnot, so now she's kind of been there, done that, for lack of better words. This isn't the event that made her a murderer. Right. right. And I'm glad She's more desensitized to murders now. Uh, we knew it was going to happen. We knew Roper wasn't going to stick around one way or the other. This wasn't the main character. But I'm glad that it happened 
now, and I'm glad that he took the initiative to be the villain. Because it's one thing for villains to talk and talk, and Evelyn Poole's been talking and talking, building up to this season finale stuff. A lot of these people, Hecate's been talking and talking. Roper, because he's a secondary villain, could take the risk because when we lose him, we lose him. He took the risk. We knew it was going to happen, but it was good to see it early, quick, boom, done, moved on. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that now that has the- to happen to Rusk. If, if, that's yeah. the, if that's the case about Roper, then why did we have Roper involved in this show in general? If this is the last we see, hear, or whatnot from him. Uh, what was the point? Was it just because we needed something a uh, secondary big bad for season two? Or is there something more to this? I, I think we needed the first thing. You remember the first scene, the, the Mariners in at the end of season one. We obviously needed that. And then I think Roper is what ties Rusk to the show. And we still don't know how Rusk works out. Because Rusk is now, I don't know if he plays a larger role, but he alluded to it today. Talking about you know following Ethan wherever he goes and he's on the trail. And Rusk is into the supernatural game. So we needed Roper to get to Rusk. If Rusk was just like like, hey, I like you for these murders. You'd be like, well, wait a second, why? But Roper is the living guy. They've got Rusk with the Mariners in, and you're like, okay, that's the case that got Rusk on Ethan's trail. True, and and also Roper was uh, questioning Ethan right in front of Vanessa, and I think Vanessa is very inquisitive enough to be asking Ethan later on questions. What was that man doing there? Who is he? How is he tied to you? So I think it's just to have another person also question who Ethan is as a, and what he is. Right, but if we call Roper and Rusk, we're not working together. In fact... No, 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 I'm not saying that. No, I know you're not, but I'm saying, in fact, when Roper was asked by Rusk about it, Roper pretended to have no knowledge on the matter. So I'm just interested because throughout season two, I thought of them both, Roper and Rusk, as secondary characters on an equal level. And now I'm thinking I underestimated the part that Rusk is going to play in all of this. I thought him and Roper would kind of, at some point, either team up or it would go hand in hand and they would both be uh, trying to go against our protagonist. But now I think that Rusk is a bigger role than I thought he was to start, and Roper kind of just fell by the wayside a bit. Yeah, and Roper was just the catalyst to get to Rusk. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Rusk had come in and said, well, I'm on Ethan's trail because I'm solving these murders, you'd be like, well, okay. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which one? But we know from Roper, we know Ethan's power, which is obviously very clear now, and then from Roper we get Rusk, and who knows what the hell's going on with Rusk in the future. I know. That's And we need more of these. We talked about it. We need more human characters, more mortal characters. We lost one today in some Bene. We'll Don't talk say about that. We'll do not get there that. yet, and we have stuff to say. Yes, lots of things to say. I will not be able to do the rest of this episode when we start talking about that now. <laughs> um, okay, before we do all that stuff, I'm sorry, ladies. Uh, <laughs> last thing that I noticed in the Roper scene, and feel free to jump in if there's anything else, but really small but really big is when Vanessa first comes down the stairs and Ethan immediately grabs her hand. They reach for each other's oh. hands. It's like, oh. That's kind of cute. Yeah, in a weird, messed up no, way. No, it's like they're they're protecting each other, and that's what they should. They've been through a lot together, right? And that's the Vanessa I know and love. She totally stepped up and she kicked his butt and she saved Ethan's ass. That was five stabs. Did yeah. you not count? <laughs> a little aggressive. <laughs> like too aggressive? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe a little aggressive. It got I the mean, job I, done. My pet peeve is when we see when you see in movies, especially action movies, and it's like they do the one stab or the one shot. And I'm like, haven't you learned? Shoot them a couple of times. Make sure. So, like, but this one was a little past that point. Overkill. So, three times you're golden. Five times you're crazy. Yeah, one Mm -hmm. time. Come on. Then you're stupid. Once in a while. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Now that's the Sarah scale. Something like that. We know. 
Zero to five. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, and if you hit ten, she's turning it off. <laughs> she's done. <laughs> that is just getting ridiculous. Oh, I don't know. How to, I have no idea how to transition from that. So, <laughs> um, in in the show, from Roper, from the cottage, we see Victor come up and they go to uh, Sir Malcolm's house. I'm going to leave that one for a second. I don't want to get to Sir Malcolm and all that yet. And, and the team yet, the crew yet. I want to go to some of these secondary characters. The first one, and because we've been talking about him, is Rusk. Let's go to the street before we go in the house. That scene between Ethan and Rusk. And folks, it is not Ethan Chandler. It's Ethan Lawrence Talbot. Talbot. Mr. Talbot. Born 1857 in New Mexico. What do we make of this. We knew it was coming, but it's nice to get a little more exposition. I did know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming this quickly. It kind of hit me like a ton of bricks when Rusk just opened his mouth and said that as Ethan was walking away, which I loved that I was surprised, even though we have been so geared up towards this. We were gearing up towards this, and I was still surprised, which is awesome that the show was able to do that. And and I'm glad that Again, with Rusk. I'm glad that Rusk did it and not Roper. Roper knows the past, didn't out him. Or maybe Roper mm-hmm. outed him in some way to Rusk, but I doubt it. But Roper knows the past and never said anything, at least to us. Rusk doesn't know it, figured it out. Probably not impossible to figure it out. He's a detective. He's what he does. But little things like that can't be discounted because it shows that Rusk is a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. A mortal one who cannot you know, step to Ethan when the full moon is out. But he's still a force to be reckoned with, and we have to take him seriously. True. And it also just shows if Rusk is capable of finding out all this information and tracking him down from America and from Scotland Yard, all these places that he's gone to, who else from America is going to go after Ethan? Who else is going to find Ethan if Rusk could do it? Daddy. Daddy. (laughs) Yeah, I am waiting for his father to come into play. He's been mentioned too much. But the only reason I feel like I tolerate Rusk is because I'm personally interested in Ethan's history. Other than that, I he I don't know if it's the way it's written or the way he's playing it. I find this character annoying. Really? Um, yeah, I feel like his scenes drag on a little for a bit for me. Who Rusk? Yeah, Rusk. Well, yeah. But I, and but I'm like, so the only part that I find justifiable in him is like, oh, I do want to learn more about Ethan's past. Please get to it. But also, sorry to to wow. add to that, Ethan tells the audience a lot more of his character in, in backstories every time he tells a story. A tribe back in Arizona or, like, the Apache Mountains or whatever, you know. Like, Ethan himself always, every episode, gives a little bit more about his background story personally. So to just learn a little bit more just from one thing from Rusk, it really doesn't add a lot. I mean, we get his last name, but still hasn't added as much as Ethan himself has. I completely agree with what you were saying about him and his character. Every time he comes on screen, I'm kind of like, mm, bummer. Why? Why? Why are you on screen? He drains I, the mood a little bit. He, like he does. He slows the story mm-hmm. down. But I had tonight. I kind of had an internal debate with myself. Like maybe that's the point. Maybe we're supposed to feel the same way these characters feel every time he walks in. Like, oh man, we have so much going on. Really, you again? Like I don't want to deal with you right now because I started feeling that way, and I was like. I guarantee you, Ethan feels the exact same way every time he sees this guy's face. But when Russ does something like come up with a real name, that's the guy to worry about. Yes, he's mm-hmm. the secondary guy. We got all this supernatural. We're fighting for the world and Vanessa's soul and everything else. And, oh, there's this guy who wants to beat this murder rap on Ethan. Come on. But wait a second. Watch, lo and behold, that's the guy who succeeds. You know, right. that's that would be the ultimate, you wouldn't call it red herring, but that would be the ultimate bait and switch. Mm-hmm. But if they did it right and Rusk nabbed Ethan as opposed to something 
something going on with Evelyn or whatever, you'd say, well, hot damn, this will change something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Also, what I am worried about, what Rusk is capable of doing, because he did have that whole speech about there's something wrong with this grandage place. There's phantom limb and there's a feeling and it's not just ethan that i mean yes he's personally tracking down ethan but it's everybody else that also lives there so i'm more worried about what's going to happen to them because once rusk uh, uh, you know puts ethan on display and reveals his secret he's going to go after the rest of the the crew there and I'm more worried for them. I'm going to throw a couple things in from the chat. I wish Ooh. I could throw out more of your guys' Yay. names. Just slang by too fast. Everywhere from uh, Stormy to Jay Daly to Steam Power God. Like, tons of you guys. Thank you for commenting. Some people are not convinced that Roper is dead. Ooh. Being that he survived a very vicious attack before. Fair point. They think that maybe somehow he's be able to survive this one. Ooh. Not so sure about that. Mm. Because I kind of think stabbed to the heart. Typically, we're going to earn it. That was a human death. That was a very human death. Um, On top of that, they're talking about how this conversation with Rusk mentioned Ethan being followed by the police. How is this going to imply where Ethan ended up going? Mm -hmm. Was he followed? Will the police show up? Um, Surprise, it didn't happen in this episode. Some people are. Maybe it could happen in the finale. Because supposedly he's under close surveillance. But we haven't seen that. Big Brother's watching. He just pulled a little Yoda. Surprised it didn't happen in this episode. Some people are. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. You know. You guys are very wise. Very good syntax. All right. Mm -hmm. It's very much Victorian England. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I think those are great points to make. Uh, In terms of him still being alive, just to step back to that, uh, that would really, really be interesting because then this is somebody we have to seriously worry about. He not only survived one attack, but two. That's not an anomaly anymore. This is somebody who's got something going on. Wait a second, though. They buried him. Yes, exactly. Well, no, we saw the grave. We, and no, then we saw they, them come and get. I think we can him. assume that they buried. I, I, I think they, they didn't do a memorial with no body for this guy that they had to murder because he was going to murder them. Okay, but say he was buried and say he comes back. I don't know. Uh, sure. The only thing that would keep me from thinking mm-hmm. that right now is Sarah, while we were watching the episode, was like, oh, he's in the house. He must not be supernatural of he's some sort. Because he got through her barriers, but according to the witches, the talismans or whatnot weren't doing very well. And and let's look at how he can come back based on, based on what else happened in this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, let's say he's dead and gone, which I think he is and I hope he is, but it's okay. Maybe he's not. I'll play with you. But let's say that he is. If he is, and if Ethan or Vanessa walks into that room that Victor and Sir Malcolm currently find themselves in, Roper's back. Mm-hmm. Not real Roper, but Roper enough to drive you insane, you know, I, w- I would mm. imagine. So we may not have seen the last of him. Even if it's not the real Roper, it's just the, the hologram version of him. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I, I, think he's, I think he's dead and gone because that was a very human death, stabbing over and over again, and an actual burial to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we never established that Roper could be someone who who could change, which would require a more drastic killing. Also, if you guys want some spoilers or some histories, check out the check out the chat. I can't read all of your comments, including from like 
Brianna and whatnot because I think there's too much of a spoiler. Oh. It goes away. Oh. The chat goes away. Oh, well, yeah. well then Brianna, you're going to have to leave actual comments outside of the chat. <laughs> you guys are going to have to just label them next time. Yeah, just label them spoilers because I'm not going to read them. When you say yeah. spoilers, though, what do you mean? People have access to next episode? No, spoilers more about the legend of certain characters oh, okay. or yeah. where their names are being brought from or Fair the histories enough. of them in other gotcha. uh, areas, stories, films, franchises, whatnot. So I don't really want to read them out loud because I think that they might give too much away. Talbert, gotcha. The name Talbert sounds so familiar. Like, Talbot. Talbot. Talbert. Mm-hmm. No, it sounds like from Jane Austen. I'll tell you what she says <laughs> later after, mm, okay. after the show. Like Jane Austen type of people are googling feverishly <laughs> right now. You know what we'll do for you guys who want it? You can tell Just me, and I'll tweet it out and hashtag your name, Sarah, because you don't have a Twitter. Hey. Then you guys can know the spoilers. Fair there enough. enough. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I am interested to hear first off what the chat folks have to say about this, and the three of you, Mr. John Clare. I, I felt for him tonight. I mean, I, I feel Fowler for him felt. and no felt. I, like I feel for him every episode, but and I, and tonight to be actually thwarted, my emotions know, fell. by someone he was what we were led to believe actually building a very seemingly innocent platonic relationship. I loved it uh, to hate it. I mean, it's really sad. I didn't yeah. want this to happen, but the whole thing happening. I will tell you, folks at home, we watched this together, and here's me giving credit, Roxy. I see. Listen, that. well, because if you didn't, you knew we were going to call you out immediately. I'm just saying, Sarah, no, Sarah, you were going to call. Him. So we're watching this together, and the three of us, aside from Sarah, the other three of us are like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen?" John Claire, they're going to go see this construction. This is weird. Yeah. And Sarah goes, "What if it's a trap?" To what you did see this one. And, and, and you know, f- two minutes before it happened, I, and I was pointing at her, I was like, that's the key. You did it. Sure enough, two minutes later, right. I'm excited. It's well, a great camera shot, This too. is the reason, and I don't think I pulled out of thin air. It's just, I, don't under- I, I didn't understand why she was being so nice. When the last time we saw her, she mm-hmm. was literally like, why, don't, why am I scared of you? And then we saw her go to her parents. Or talk, we also saw her have a conversation with Mr. and Mrs. Putney, and I was like, she did not go from being scared of him to trying to be friends and explore the house together. And, and this woman, like, for, for 20-something years, has been blind and has figured everything out. You can't walk around a new room kind of, you know, blind to kind of get used to whatever is going on in there. You suddenly need an escort. How long has this plan been in the works? I think since, no, since the day that they met him. No, since, uh, no, the, since the episode they talked about the tunnels, having building a whole nother entrance. Remember they talked about it. They wanted to funnel people through the tunnel for displays. That was it. That was the episode. But remember, but remember the day that John Clare got the job with the Putneys and Mrs. Putney was like, not verbatim, but was like, what are you doing? Why this guy? And Mr. Putney was like, that is our fortune. That is the back Mm -hmm. to our fortune. Absolutely. I agree. First of all, I was the first one to say that I didn't think that the Putneys were good people. That's true. The two of them. Mr. and Mrs. But I always thought that the daughter was good. And I thought that she would be on our team. I'm not curious how long Mr. and Mrs. Putney have been in on this because that's definitely day one. I'm curious how long she's been on this. Because to me, when she said she was afraid, was that a transition moment to her? Did she go crying to mom and dad and say, 
who is this man and what's up and then she changed or has she been like this from day one because if she's been like this from day one I have a really hard time believing that I think that. she switched mm-hmm. I think she, she switched. must have switched I which she breaks switched. my heart I feel heartbroken for him I remember we sat on this panel a few weeks ago and Sarah sat here and said listen I don't want them together because I think she's too good for he, for him and I thought yeah that's a really good point actually because yes we love him we've grown to love him but he is not as good of a person as she is. Or was. Or, or or was. I would like to believe that she has that in there somewhere. If she doesn't and the whole family is like this, oh my god. Get us out of there. Get us out. Mayday. I think, yeah, and I think it just adds that some people who are just scared don't really know the the gravity of what their actions are. So yeah, I think it was her just acting scared and off of her parents. Like, what should I do? Okay, I'm going to help you Exploit your exploit him and have the business flourish. Can can we talk about this exploitation for a little bit? Because right now they've set him up that he's in a cage, and they're going to show him to the public and make lots of money. I'm sorry, I just don't I don't understand how that they're going to get away with this. Like popular attraction, you can't chain people up. Look okay. at look morally, at, you shouldn't. No, because if you look legally, they, you shouldn't they either. They reference like freak shows and like circus and stuff, but those people are like portrayed at, portrayed at least typically as there by choice. They're not like typically right. look shackled. At, look at something. And, look at something. Real stories like the Elephant Man. The yeah, real yeah, one. Yeah. This, no, I feel very phantom of the opera. I don't feel. I personally don't feel that. Mr. Claire has a monstrous enough appearance to warrant that. He's been walking Mm -hmm. around the streets. People do stare at him, but he's never been tried to be captured before. Like, he has made his way through life, going through different things, and not... Like, if you're telling me that he looks like the Elephant Man, the Elephant Man, like was in a cage and there's a whole story. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they're on the same level of appearance. I didn't mean, I didn't mean look, yeah. I just meant logistically, how can this happen in this day and age the and under this time? It's that same principle. Same principle. None of this is going to matter because we've talked about this time and time again that everybody goes into this freaking wax museum. Everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. we know has been it's in here. It's going to be, it's only a matter of time Before. until one of our people, Vanessa, Ethan, any of them, Victor even goes in there. They're not going to let him be in this cage. Actually, it'd be interesting if Victor walked in and did let him remain in the cage. That could be a weird side story. <laughs> but I do not think he could stay in there forever. Somebody's going to recognize him and cause an issue. But until somebody we know recognizes him and causes a problem, he'll stay there because it's been proven in society that people, when they're looking at something like this, they like to stare and they and they think that it's all part of this game and it's not their lives it's it's messed up and it's twisted but i wouldn't put this past somebody this to me isn't something that's like ooh that's not believable it's very believable and it's sick and it's twisted and it won't stay forever but it will stay for now and let's let's do an assumption if if we're going to say and i kind of agree with you guys that lavinia switched lavinia did not start this way and she switched if you switch I you am. can switch I have something in the chat, though. On that point, Three says that in her monologue, she referenced having so many boring conversations, Mm -hmm. which would imply that it has been going on for a while. Yes. And that this, maybe, if it was a switch, it's happened longer than just last week's episode. Also, going about on the putting people in cages, uh, people recognize that people with 
they said al- I, they said albinism, but I think they mean albinism. I think they mean albinism. Um, and freak shows, and so they said that that might be good enough, being that. He is so pale. I don't know. Uh, maybe, but but, it, but I think it just shows any disfigurement, anything that's not the full norm that what they're led to believe is normal is automatically there for judgment and mockery. And couldn't they change his appearance, cut his hair, do stuff like that to, to highlight the they, stuff on his? They could. And maybe. in fairness, the, he's not technically shackled up. He's just in a prison cell. Yeah. Guys, think about his scars. Think about the temperature of him. They could know more even than they're letting on at this point. Maybe that. When he walked in the shop, I, I mean, I'm just really throwing something bold out there, but maybe they actually knew him from a previous life. We don't know how much they know about who he is or what they could learn. They could know that he is the undead. I don't think that that's true as of right now, but they know something's up. They feel his temperature. They see his scars. They know he is more than just a looking strange person. I don't know how much they know. It'll be interesting to find out. You just gave me an insane idea that... Mm. Dorian met Brona, and then Lily happened, and Dorian met Lily. What if the Putneys knew That's what I'm whatever saying. the name was? Absolutely. And then, you know, Caliban happened, who has become Mr. Clare, and then they've never let on that, wait a second, we recognize this guy. Exactly. Maybe Absolutely. they knew him in his previous life, or something of that matter. Especially because we don't know much about his previous life. We don't know how they, they've been investigating a lot of different situations. We don't know how he originally died. Maybe it was in a horrific accident that they recreated the scene of. Maybe that's why we see him so interested. I'm throwing a million things out there, but something is up. They know something, I think, because he, he it, it's true, his visual appearance, it's a little off, but it's not like, holy crap. Uh, at least not to me. And I don't think it's been normalized to us because we've seen him for 15, 20 you know, episodes or whatever. It's just not that crazy. Now, who knows what else they can get and what else they have I mean, access London to and who else they can do whatever. <laughs> but I agree with you. There's, there must be something else because his visual appearance is different, but it's not different enough for them to make a fortune, you know, devour the meal of success, whatever the metaphor that Mr. Putney used. Well, okay, but you better do something more than just... John Clare. Mm-hmm. He's I want to know who else they're putting in the cells. Exactly. Yes, that's my thing. That's, that's my like, question. Who if else we, do you if have? We think Caliban or John Clare is not scary enough. They have more people up their sleeves, not just John Clare. That's a really. It's a good question, though. I'm curious for people, Marissa. Maybe you can answer this. That have read all of the Penny Dreadfuls and whatnot. Is there are there other characters you could think of that would fit well in the cell? Or oh, you guys hide. <laughs> there's hide there's for tons one. of characters. Yeah, there's a, there's a but bunch. None that, I mean, unless they're going to put Ethan in there under a full moon, there's mm. not a lot that have the appearance yet of scary. Like, I just mean new characters. characters. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's tons of potential. Right, I'm just I would love to specifics. see Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You would? Yeah, that would be amazing. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Throw him in there. Cool. Interesting. He needs to be shackled. Um, okay, another interesting location for us before we work to some of the main ones. Uh, let's talk Dorian. Dorian finally, well, I mean, he obviously did before, but Dorian calls out Brona. About time. Thank you. <sighs> About Thank time. you. So now for anybody at home who was confused whether he actually knew who she was. and we were he sitting, knows. He, was like, yeah. he, he knew. Thank he you. He knew from the first second. Absolutely. But my thing is... Did she know who she was? Because she Judging says, by what she's or, been saying. <laughs> or Lily. It makes me think that Brona 
got was more aware of who she was a long time ago, and now she's just playing the Lily side. If you think about Proteus, Proteus sat there and said, ship, boat, wife, had started very quickly to have these memories when he was out in the real world. Now, we really don't know about John Clare and what memories he has. He hasn't come clean about that particular particular thing. So uh, we've had both ends of the spectrum. Well, Lily very clearly says tonight, in my opinion, that she knows. Now, how long she's known, I'm not sure. Well, she knows. Speaking to that, that, that point, though, um, one Mulanovist one mentions also that while Lily and Proteus were from one human being, um, Caliban, Mr. Clare, is from multiple, multiple yeah. bodies. So maybe mm. he does not have that same capability yeah, of memory. Right. Or like a, a specific person's memories. And there's something to be said for Brona, Lily, uh, talking about not just the line, you know, Brona, or is it Lily? It's what she said right after that. Or is it something adrift in the middle? I don't remember what the word was, but it was, she effectively was like, oh, or is it something in the middle? And it's like, wait a second, not only do you recognize your old self or can at least allude to it, you also recognize the transition period, which is weird. You're not just like, oh, I was this, now I'm this. You almost say, hey, I'm a bastardization of the two. She said, or is it Lily now? That was the No, 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 the next line. Or something. And then she said, like, or something adrift in the middle. I can't remember what the word was okay. but she used the you know in the middle to imply that wait a second I'm not I may not be one or the she other mixed. I'm a weird mix of both which she I think mixed. is a really deep mm-hmm. thing for her to say well that's so strange though because one or the other she is fully Lily now because who the heck is Lily like Lily is who she is it's not like she took another person and merged with it there might be bits and pieces of Brona that remain but that is what makes up Lily but to, to, to Dorian's I mean, perspective she is Brona that's the Brona. thing mm-hmm. you know from his perspective it is Brona and she may think she's Lily but but that's her point, is wait a second, not only, you know, relationship-wise, I'm a weird mix of both maybe, but physically, she's like, what am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a normal human being anymore. My question is, why this type of personality trait for Lily? Why is she so only gung-ho over men and that power and domineering over men? Is the superiority Look. factor from her past life that men were always dominating her, and now this is her chance to dominate men? Look at what Brona did for a living. True, mm-hmm. very true, and that's why I asked. It's like because get on your knees, and then it's like all these literally controlling of men. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when she Mike Tyson him, I lost it like that. Biting off your ear for those who don't know. We already uh, go ahead. Go ahead. We already saw her murder somebody, so it wasn't like I was. Uh, that was unexpected or the most gruesome thing she had done. But uh, I don't know. After watching her with Caliban last week, I kind of felt like maybe that was the route she was going and that's where we're going to take this. Now it's like she's going to be put all men down and she's just going to use them all. And we just have to know that about her. So my poor little heart can no longer expect her to be with one man. Or is she, (laughs) she, maybe phrased differently, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it was so callous tonight with Dorian and she knows that because she kind of knew his secret anyways I think you know she called him my beloved immortal she knew what was going on oh yeah because she knew that she knew that when she whatever she did to him wasn't going to matter but it was so callous and cold and calculated it's not just that she's going to put down men it's almost predatorial yeah that that is my biggest question because I think it can go one of two ways I feel like Brona is Brenna Lily, whatever, is searching for the strongest partner she can find, and then she wants to make them her subject. Um, I don't know how much 
I believe I'm worried about her relationship with Dorian. You see that she knows in the final shot. It's obvious that he's just come from where his picture is hidden, and he's opened the door. So he, she knows where that is. She knows where the what she knows where his portrait is, and I think that that's a weakness for him. I'm wondering, like. Are they trying to make them an actual pairing? What about her last pairing? What is she going to do about Mr. Claire? Or is mm-hmm. it just to climb the ladder, and when she climbs the ladder as high as she can go, to stand on it alone? Like, I don't I don't know what her motivation is besides to dominate. A- am I crazy to think that she could go on kind of a revenge tour and go after John Claire and go after Victor Frankenstein for wrongs real or perceived? I don't think you're wrong. No, I don't I think, think she. Right. I don't think at this point she has a limit. Yeah. I don't think we found what she really finds. I don't know what her weakness is. I guess that's my biggest thing. It's like I don't know what her weakness is. What besides it maybe, or is it, is it Ethan? Is it her vanity? Like, or is I'm it just sure. a male Pride? in general who is willing enough to stand against her? Because right now, everyone is succumbing to her and her superiority issues right now. But if there is a man strong enough to actually face her, that might be her weakness. Which could be Ethan again. But the thing is, with what she's doing with John Clare, it's so different. Because we could tell tonight, afterwards, he felt all kinds of guilt. He was, like, messed in the head about all of this. He was messed up. And Dorian... None of that. He was like, this is a new experience. Finally, somebody who's at my level. Turned on. Right, that kind of thing. So those two relationships are going to be very different. I just don't think, I think, Sarah, it's very much the ladder of what you said, to climb this ladder and then end up on top by herself. That's the dream. I don't think she's sitting there thinking, who can stand next to me? I think she made it very clear last week, down with men. Down with any of these men. But this show does have very powerful women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also to maybe to add to that, last week when she was talking to John Clare during that amazing scene that she had, uh, she was also just saying that we can rule together. So she, I think her main objective is to find someone else to be on her level and seek immortality with and in the end control everybody and have that domineering factor. So, but I and I think she didn't find it with John Claire. She's finding it with Dorian. Mm. All I know is Victor's work's getting sloppy. <laughs> yeah, that's, Victor himself is getting sloppy. That's what happens so, when you're addicted well, to. Well, he's a mess. Yeah, I love mess. him, and I would appreciate for everybody to stay positive about him. So let me save let me, his soul. <laughs> he's going He's destroying himself. That's the sad thing. That, that's what I want to ask Roxy because he's the good transition point because we're gonna get down to Sir Malcolm right. and talk about some Benny and all that. But Victor's kind of the pivot point on this because of Brona. What do you find appealing about it? It's hard to describe. Um, I think that he's in a lot of need of help. So I I can say that off the bat, that I'm not sitting here thinking that he is doing so hot right now. Um, Anybody who's thinking that is probably not doing so well themselves. Um, <laughs> is this one of those cases where you want to, like, you know, get I the guy fix Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I think this is one of those I want to fix it up cases because uh, I think he's deep down a really good person, and I think he's somebody who's an artist and a creator, and I think he's tormented, and I think he's haunted, and I think that he 
has nowhere to turn and he's had a lot of loss and think about how many of these people he's tried to create and hasn't been able to and all these things that have happened to him I feel for him now what he's doing is something that back in the day wasn't treated the same way now if you talk about something which we can call on the show it is heroin he's shooting up heroin now there's rehabs for that and there's people talk about it and it's a thing back then they don't even really quite know what they're dealing with at the Mm -hmm. time so it's It's a completely different demon it's not a drug it's a recreational thing people do absolutely and he's sitting there and he's thinking i want to escape i can't live in this reality anymore this is a nightmare. I'm going to do this. So I feel for him because it's a one-way ticket to somewhere really bad. And we just, we know that. And I'm worried that he, I mean, we'll talk about Zimbabwe in a bit, but I was worried he was going to be the one who ended up. Victor. Victor. I'm worried about him. I'm really worried. I think we all should be. Well, Victor and Lyle, we'll talk about him in a second again, but that was a weak team. Right. <laughs> Let's be that honest was. about that. But do, do you think Victor is too far gone, or do you think there's still hope left for him to clear up his problem? Too far gone to do what? To just function in general. Is Is he literally to the point where he can't be saved? And that's where I'll butt in. Right now... Victor's at the point where I don't feel like he's helping. I feel mm. like he's just hurting all the problems. Um, he did like a little bit of doctor work today, but he is a character who, when we put them in situations, I look at him as a weak, well, as the weak link. He, all of the characters bring their own baggage. His baggage is growing. And on top of that, he physically does not seem fit, which I feel like is affecting, affecting his mental capabilities and I don't know he needs to redeem himself a little bit because right now he's a danger to all of the group let me tell you Mm -hmm. why I disagree because he was the one who was deemed the most trustworthy and he was the one they told where they were going to and he was the one who didn't tell anybody and then when they needed to be got he went and got them now do I think he could be more of an asset than he's currently being absolutely but I don't think he's the weakest link because he's not supposed to be the muscle that's not his job he's supposed to be the one who's an artist a creator and trustworthy and loyal and he's doing all of those things. Now, who he's hurting the most is himself, yes. without a doubt. I don't think he's affecting everybody else as much as he's affecting himself. I, mm-hmm. I do think he's affecting other people. And, and listen, the, the weakest link... he's brought them into a, a mess that he created. Whether or not he was the weakest link going into the end of tonight, now that he is in that room with his demons too, he is going to become the weakest link if he can get out of the damn room. I, I, tr- I trust Besides Sir Malcolm. <laughs> I trust... Yeah, well, I'll let him count. I trust Sir Malcolm to make it out of that room. I trust Sir Malcolm to finally figure it out. I think he was stronger than what else. You know, we see Gladys kind of lose it on this. I think Sir Malcolm was probably stronger, at least in this mental capacity, to fight back. Even after being pricked or kissed or whatever? Yes. Okay. Well, well that's a good point, but yes, I believe so. Victor, I don't have the same thing. I guess it would depend what the the images, the holograms of Brona and Caliban and Proteus do to him and what they say to him. And does he but get a needle in there my, or not? I'm real worried about Victor. My yeah. thing is, this might be an early prediction, because we did see in last week, some Benny literally got or snapped Sir Malcolm out of his illusion that, that under the enchantment that he was in. I think when Sir Malcolm snaps out of it, he's going to snap Victor out of it, and they both save themselves. Boom. Pen drop. Pen drop. <laughs> okay, girl. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Right. <laughs> Early prediction. Uh, more from Sir Malcolm's place, and really generally the sort of Sir Malcolm story and stuff like that. Um, okay, Marissa. All right. 
You see her. I see you. <laughs> I, I have a prediction too, but I'm going to save it for prediction. Okay, oh, I have more. Of course. Let's do that. Um, anything else that we are missing from Victor Sir Malcolm? I and mean, we've got to talk about some Ben. I don't know if you guys want to save it for the castle, but at least before the castle, we see that touching scene with him and Ethan talking about a. Sembene, we know about the marks on his face. We know what he did. If you, Roxy, do you want me to tell the audience what you asked us in the viewing? No, I really don't. Here's a, no, I really don't. Here's the thing, though. If you look back on this episode, if you look back on this episode, we it was kind of apparent that Sembene was going. We were going to lose him. Yep. Because we found out so much about Sarah's him. freaking out right now. Or if you look back on this season, he's talking more and more. We found out about his scars. We finally find out a little bit about his backstory. Am I saying that I want him gone? Absolutely not. Am I saying that there's not more story to be told? Absolutely not. I'm just saying that it was kind of... Alright, I, I don't even know if I can continue. She's just you, nodding no so Sarah, fast. Are you, are you <laughs> disagreeing or are you just struggling to cope? Someone on the chat gave me hope earlier and they were like, they were like, if Roper could survive... And Ethan attacked, then Simbene should be Same able to here. Right, okay. Okay. Same here. I need, hold I'm on, hold on. With it. Hold it on. I need to make a, a public service announcement to those in the chat right now. Sarah is of a weak emotional state yes. tonight. She's struggling <laughs> with Simbene. Do not encourage this poor young Why lady. Why couldn't... <laughs> all right. If Simbene looks at Sir Malcolm and says, Know who you are. I wanted him to do that with Ethan and the wolf. And... And somehow that to like snap, and I would be like, oh, mind blown. I wanted him to target the wolf. Like, don't eat me. Knock down the door with your super strength. Why See, didn't they do that? My problem was, Sam Benny didn't even fight back. He just like let it happen. Let me, let me. He can't hurt his fellow companions. I, I think, get that, but he can at least try to resist. I Ethan think if Sembene him. had resisted, Sembene might have gotten Ethan. Werewolf Ethan. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point. Sembene, and I don't think we'll ever know uh, now, but that dude had well, some kind of strength or power. I don't know if it was, I don't think it was supernatural, but that dude had some kind of something going on right. that was something else. Okay, yes or no. Not what you want, but what you think. Is Sembene alive? Yes or no? No. I want to say yes. I, I said not what you want, what you think. I think yes. Okay. I can't answer that. And, and listen, not only do I think no, I also I also want no. When a when a character dies, oh. I want a character to die. As bad as it sounds, I, I love some Ben. I wish we had more of him. But everything lined up tonight, just like you said, to have him die. He died in such a way that was so significant because of that Ethan story. Ethan tried to kill himself. Some Ben prevented it. Some Ben gave himself up, sacrificed himself literally for Ethan for the greater cause. You can't bring him back now and say, hey, just kidding. I'm here now. Kill him. It's better this way. He goes out in a weird way, honorably. Leave it. It is honorably. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, he really did so much more. Exactly. I know. Ethan really pulled that trigger, though. Yes. He really pulled that trigger and was ready to kill himself to save Simbene. There's a lot of misery going Why on. Why do you say that? Have we or talked about Ethan face. and Hecate and nope. all of this that? Is, this is yet. when uh-huh. to do it. I was going to be like, because we have to, I think that goes into it. Like why yeah. he pulled, why he was willing to pull the trigger. Because that she, Yeah, well she brought forth that she thinks he has the capability not just to be the enemy of, the enemy in this circle, but to be she said it so eloquently, and I can't quote it, but she basically was like not to be the warrior of the god above, but to instead stand beside... Greatest ally. Lucifer. Um, so she 
implicated that he could actually choose whatever side to defend. And I think when he said yes, that motivated him later to be willing. Because it was someone, like, confirming his deepest, darkest thoughts. Mm -hmm. That, like, that could be a possibility for him to go down a road that was not led by good, but completely by evil. So you think that he, on purpose didn't kill himself. You think that he was wanted his life more than he wanted to save some bad news. Oh, I'm talking... I think we're talking about different things. No, we're not. I'm, I'm talking about... He pulled the trigger, but I think he missed because Simbene moved his arm. Right, but if he was thinking... If his deepest, deepest, darkest thoughts were somehow brought out by Hecate, then wouldn't he value his own life more than Simbene's in that situation? No, I think he fears his deepest, darkest thoughts. So he was willing to kill himself because he knows that he could be that person. Oh, so you don't think mm-hmm. he was being persuaded? He was. He was now in a place where he was afraid of what he could actually do. That was the like, realization of when he blacks out. Got, yeah, I and I think saying. he knows the potential how evil he could be. And not even that, but I think just the potential of responsibility. And isn't that the the difference between Ethan and Vanessa in one regard? And Simbene mentions it. You need to tell Vanessa everything. Whatever he said, she takes the world of your pain. She takes on your pain. She takes on your stuff. Makes Vanessa. Vanessa's that person. She makes it hers. She's not, whether you want to call I mean, she doesn't fix it, but whatever you want to call it, she takes it on. Ethan does not, Ethan's removed from a lot of stuff. And so when Hecate is telling him all this stuff, to him, that sounds like responsibility. And maybe that's a superficial way to say it, but I think Ethan's like, I don't want this. I literally have no uh, no goals. What was the conversation with Hecate? What was the word they used? Not goals. It was... Help me out, live chat. It was, it was, you Dest- know, she was talking about dreams, goals, destiny. whatever the other word was. Chosen, profound destiny. And I think Impunity. That, and I think that, uh, that Ethan just doesn't want that for himself and whatever. And when he sees that and hears that, he says, eh, I literally don't want that. I would rather die than take that on. Hmm. But I think that whole conversation between Hecate and Ethan was very telling because it also said evil is seductress. And then that also, I think that also plays a role into why they kiss each other. It is seducing, but it is in a way entrancing each other to and luring, luring everyone to the dark side. I don't think we know everything about this kiss yet about these kisses in general. I'm, I'm getting some sense of luring and making some power. I think that was Hecate's move against Ethan, like luring him to the evil side. <laughs> I, I said this because I just felt like it was such a high school move as she went up to Vanessa and was like, I kissed him and I can still taste it. Like, that's your man and I got him. It was like, really kind of bitchy. Have you seen this in practice? <laughs> no, it was like mean girl status. Okay. It kind of just... was. Like, at this, at the, obviously, a really immature level, she was in Vanessa's face about it. Like, that's your man. I kissed him. I had a conversation with him. I really think that that was there. I think it's just Hecate's character in general. She tries to get into the minds of other people. She's trying to get into the mind of her own mother tonight. Mm. That's oh, a yeah, whole we different should. story. We should talk about <laughs> that. I mean, I think it's a little bit like the same conversation we've seen for the past, what, five episodes with them? Yeah. Where it's like, I'm creeping up on you. Be prepared. And she's like, back down. And she's like, but I'm doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, exactly. That was amazing. That's exactly how it goes. Yeah. Uh, All the condescension, though. I will give it to Hecate. She's planting that seed of doubt within her own mother. So, and we could see Evelyn just, she's starting to questioning herself. So, Hecate's, whatever she's doing, and we know she's trying to overthrow her mother, but... 
it's somewhat on some level working. There is no loyalty among criminals. There is no honor among thieves. There is no teamwork among witches. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes. There's, and there's, there is no heroin in the room for Victor to shoot. So he's going to not a right bad now. place. Someone did say they thought it might be mercury and not heroin. Oh, really? Huh. Mercury. Or something. Yeah. No, but he did say in season one that he's shooting like up heroin. That he has an addiction to heroin. So Mercury would be he like even more lethal. Yeah, Mercury, like even in air form. Just like literally, if there, Mercury is exposed the to the open air, you could get poisoned. Well, I don't know what you the, don't even have to shoot that up; you'd be dead. I don't know what the I know heroin. The benefits of it. Sorry, benefits is the wrong word, but why people like to use it. That feeling that we see him feel tonight with that, that face and etc. I don't know what Mercury oh, does. I read it wrong. Mercury Sorry, can Morphine. Morphine for sure. Morphine. Thank you, Steam Powered yeah. God, for correcting me. Um, In the chat, they're probably like, damn it, Sarah, you're making us look terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, morphine. Morphine, absolutely. Um, this yeah. Morphine, but it's, no. it would be, it's one, it's not one and the same. Um, Mercury makes you actually feel physically no, no, sick. No, I'm not talking about you mercury and morphine. I'm talking about so the difference between morphine and heroin. Yeah. They're different, but for our purposes, with what Victor means for the rest, they are one and the same because each one of them, whichever one it is, is screwing him up. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. So it Absolutely. Um, let's get a little bit to Vanessa at the very end. Her doll calls her a murderer. Creepy, like <laughs> cool, very saw-like. I'm just glad yeah. I didn't have this mask. Did it? Who's not waiting for the eyes to open? I have a question. Who we didn't knew think that, that was going to happen. I have Come a question. On. If Vanessa punches her own doll in the face, does she get a bruise, or is it only Evelyn who can mess with the doll? What happens Vanessa? if Vanessa kisses her doll? <laughs> Then Bobby gets really happy. Why me? Why? Why me? <laughs> because you're. I was thinking. I was so <laughs> nice tonight, Roxy. Damn. Sorry. Some of the rest of the show. Yeah. I was so I'm just saying, You're doing well. You're doing well. I, yeah, I, I got defense. I prematurely defensive there. I did. You know, sometimes it happens. I have oh, a good prediction I, when we get there. No, <laughs> but I, I think yes. I don't, God and then kissing her doll. <laughs> no, but that was an interesting line too about the God addiction. Yeah. It's a little different, right? Victor. But, yes, but in all seriousness, I do think if Vanessa tried anything against that, it wouldn't work because it is under. Evelyn's magic. Okay, that makes sense. I was just curious because that doll Not seems hers. to have such specific, yeah. you know, really specific. You do something to this portion of the doll's brain and, and, you know, Gladys, like we saw a couple weeks ago, hurts in exactly that portion. Yeah. Uh, it's Evelyn's doing. So. Where we leave this. Where do we leave this? A bunch of people went to a house on the wrong day because they were specifically told by somebody not to go in, and that's what got him killed. Real world London. Yeah. Third so night. Vanessa now is going to add more religious guilt because mm-hmm. she didn't listen to Semene and then he died. Just um, saying. My thing is, come on, Vanessa, you're you're supposed to be smart. Why go to a place where after now you know who Evelyn is and what they're going to do to you, why go by yourself when you literally have a mansion full of guys that is the to most, back you up? That is the most frustrating but also show-moving-along trait of Vanessa is she is so damn stubborn. I get it. I mean, so she's stubborn. a one-woman army. I get that. But come on, Vanessa. You literally have guys that are there to protect you who will literally lay down their lives for she you now. She don't need no guy. And she didn't do that. 
It's like why why go well, by she, yourself? She, she's it's got like guilt. She's got less guys. Malcolm is already indisposed. Victor has been indisposed. Sembene is gone. Lyle is essentially gone. She's down to Ethan. I think that the the honest answer is that is what is the worst case scenario? She dies. She kind don't, of has wanted to she, die. I don't yeah. think she cares. I don't think I don't. that is the worst case scenario. I think she no. I'm saying what she is thinking is the worst case scenario. The worst thing is I don't make this out alive. I don't think she's thinking about what actually could happen if she goes by herself. Well, as, I think she's over. As David to be has mentioned, we are forget. We're not. We're not mentioning the book. She has read the book at. The yeah. hot wives. Right. Maybe she is feeling empowered by this knowledge. Has mm. she read the whole book, though? You know, she might have read portions, but has <laughs> she actually read the whole? I think thing? when you see the book, you assume. Yeah, she knows. Well, you could read chapters of a book oh, and finish not like, it. It's not like a toilet book. She's not like picking it up, putting it down. It's not like the reader's digest or That's something. That's what Instagram is for. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> oh, was it, okay. So she does have the book influence. Are we going get to that. predictions? We are but going to predictions. Still. Let's do it. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Roxy, would you like to start, or because I'm being nice to you tonight, I certainly can move elsewhere if you're not prepared. No, it's fine because it's not as good as I built it up to be. Um, I just think that I believe that Zimbana is dead, unfortunately, and I think that what does that mean? That he had a lot of dying wishes that we're going to have to carry out. So one of them being Ethan talking to Vanessa and t- and coming clean to her and telling her everything and letting her take his pain. Or Vanessa not being part of this one-person army anymore and taking a step back and realizing, okay, what would Zimbene do kind of thing. So I think that his death is actually going to be the catalyst for a lot of good change. Hmm. I like it. Sarah? I will say that... A lot of our flash forwards focused focused on a voiceover by the lovely Vanessa. I think that it was directed at her doll. I think that's so who creepy. she was specifically talking to a lot. I think that I think the half the lines we heard were actually lines from the doll, and half the lines we heard were lines to the doll. I think a lot of that voiceover was actually a converse, conversation. Um, I'm curious about who lights the fire on the floor. It did seem to be in the shape of a of a devil star. Uh, devil star. What's that called? Pentagram. Pentagram. I'm not sure. That's what I caught in that one second. I saw it. I'm wondering who lights that because it's very interesting if it's Vanessa's power that lights it when she if she does use what she's learned from the book. Um, I'm also thinking that. Ethan's gonna break break out break out of this little room they have him in. I want him to go downstairs and I want him to side with Vanessa and I want them to win. Yeah. If he's able to break to break out of the room, how freaking annoying is that that he didn't just do it? Or Hecate lets him out of the room to toy with him. Mm. And then blends into the wall like she does. Mm-hmm. The the that hard blending. thing is I don't think I mean a mirror. Yeah, the hard thing is, I don't think Ethan, in his wolf form, would care about anyone. So, as much as we want him to pair up with Vanessa, he could easily turn on Vanessa, too. Well, that's the point. They let him kill somebody. They lock him in when the full moon comes out, and when the full moon leaves, when that thing moves on, uh, Hecate says, okay, let's play with him now, because he's powerless for us. Right. Okay. All right, what you got, Marissa? Okay. I, I don't want some Benny to die, so I might eat crow next week, but we'll see. Um, I want to say some Benny lives, and maybe... As soon as this might be turned into a wolf, as awesome that would be to pair up 
with Ethan. They help take down because Wolf of God, now friend of the Wolf of God, take down. That's like really good and out there. Do some wolf stories have if you're killed by a wolf? Like it's not in my knowledge. To my knowledge, when you are a vampire, if you kill somebody and whatever, you can come back as a vampire with the vampire blood in you. Are wolves like that at all? Is there any way if you get bit? Bitten by a wolf, you could turn into a wolf as well. Really? Or like a werewolf. Yeah, you huh. could. My thing is, it might be way too early and too soon for some Benny to ever turn within a matter of minutes. You have wolf That's knowledge, sir. What? You have wolf knowledge. What? Is it possible that some Benny could turn into a wolf? They haven't really clarified this in, in this show. Because, like, for instance, is it a wolf bite or just interaction with a wolf? Because... We'll Semenna gets we'll actually scratch. bit, and then we don't know if he fully dies. Also, like, supposedly sometimes if you get bit by a wolf and you survive, that's when you turn, versus, mm-hmm. like, when you get clawed by a wolf and survive, then maybe you don't. It really varies from, from story a lot of different, story. Yeah, a lot of different stories. You also, can get bitten like, and turn, you, you can get be, scratched and turn. You have to have the gene, like, mm-hmm. you, they haven't really handled in this show, what specific werewolf rules they are playing by. Okay. But tell us the rules. If you think about it, if you go off the American in London, American werewolf in London, Mm -hmm. he was scratched by a wolf and he turned into a wolf. Mm. So that might be interesting. I don't know. It it is very out there. I will admit that. It's very Um, different than the wolf on Vampire Diaries. I think Vanessa's on this path of killing. She's obviously going to kill Evelyn. I don't know in what way, whether it be killing because Ethan has now shown her how to shoot a gun, or all these knives that they're sharpening in tonight's there were episode. There's a lot of knives, and yet we haven't seen one of them after, after all that. And then, I, you know, my prediction was to Malcolm snapping out of it, and then helping Victor snapping out of his trans. I'm gonna go, that's going down. I'm going to go a different direction. Uh, and this is pretty far out there, but hey, it's predictions. Want a drum roll? Sure. That was me being nice this time. Thank you. Drum roll. All right. Um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk Dorian. Vanessa. Not that she needs help, but she certainly does. It's not a slight to Vanessa, but she's gonna need some help. Victor's indisposed. Malcolm is indisposed. Sembene is gone. Lyle is irrelevant and now gone. She's only down to Ethan in there, at least for the current time being. We have now learned, and we all knew, but we have now explicitly learned that Dorian is immortal. Boy, wouldn't an immortal help out with mm, Vanessa? He's not. Well, immortal besides the picture. But he's not a part of their main story. They have all the Grandage people in the Hecate. But here's here's the thing. We have been talking... Dorian's over here. Exactly, because we have been talking on this show about how Dorian is this separate story. We can't figure out how to link up. Brona's a link, but Brona's not with the old people anymore. I don't know how it will happen, but I could see Dorian coming back in or taking the steps. I'm just saying. You know, I think Sarah disagrees a bit. I think she does, but Dorian also likes things. You would have to get him something that is, is... You'd have to give him something that he wants. He'd have to be in it. Something would have to be in it for him. And I think Hecate is pretty damn beautiful and could either entice him by accident or he could see and seek out Hecate. That's also true. Thank you for everyone who comments on YouTube. You guys are amazing. We actually asked the question our last after show, what would the main story be for season three? Who would be our villain? And a lot of people commented maybe Dorian would be the main antagonist for season three. Right, we talked about that briefly on they're, the show. Yeah, I'm just saying. Because I mean, last episode they're building up if he's an evil, somewhat you, evil you, character. You got a lot you can do with this guy. That's to, the thing. To take you a step further, because all he wants is the next new challenge, the most exciting thing, what is more exciting than the devil? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. And we know that Immortality. boy, girl, alive, dead, doesn't matter, Dorian. Doesn't matter, so maybe he goes straight to the top. Evil is seductive. Tries. John Clare said that today. Dorian seduces and gets seduced. I know it's a big stretch, yeah, but I'm just sad. saying right. you got to do something with this guy. You got to link up. And and one more thing, just yes. uh, um, the the title of the episode mm-hmm. and hell itself, my only foe, is actually from a John Clare poem. Mm-hmm. Um, the title, "I Lost the Love of Heaven." Which is very interesting. Uh, I'll just read the the first stanza of the poem. I lost the love of heaven and below. I I spurned the lust of earth below. I'm sorry. I lost the love of heaven above. I spurned the lust of earth below. I felt the sweets of fancied love and hell itself my only foe. Hmm. Well, I guess think about that one, guys. I mean, read the read the full poem. I won't, I won't read, but yes, this title is off a of John Clare poem. Um, a couple quick notes for you guys at home as we wrap this up tonight. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. Thank you to everybody in the chat roll for doing all that you do. Next week, I know we have a lot of non-American viewers. Y'all probably know this by now, anyways. But July Fourth is the holiday next weekend in America, Independence Day. Um, the 5th, that Sunday, a lot of us are out of town. We're trying to figure out the scheduling here. So we're going to keep you guys updated whether we do this on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday of next week. It's going to get done shortly. You'll be able to see it. But if you want to keep up with the schedule, when we can figure it out, when we're all available and all that stuff, you can tweet us if y'all use Twitter. And if they do, Roxy, Twitter, where can they find you and Sarah? You guys can find this side of the table at Roxy Stryer. <laughs> I do the chat. <laughs> yes, she does. The chat. Uh, yes, you do, honey. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro. Again, we'll keep you guys updated when next week the season finale gets done. But obviously, we have to do this because holy crap, this is getting good. That's it this week on Penny Dreadful for these three lovely ladies. We'll see you a week from today or so. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.